0: are you guys? Beautiful day. It's good to see you here because I know there were a lot of other options probably calling to you, but you'll still be able to have a great afternoon on this Memorial Day weekend. Um, So food and childcare, right? How do you pass that one up? right? So uh, June 4th, that'll be great. I saw right after the mission video. That was really well done. I want to thank um, BJ. Many of you guys don't know how much stuff BJ does, but one of the things that he helps a lot with is editing some of those videos. And so um, that was just fantastic, I think, right? And, And... His work, yes, but also the missions um, that you guys are supporting, the things that we're supporting, and the things that we actually get to be a part of um, by uh, just, you know, frankly, sending checks and sending prayers and um, just making sure that they're supported in the work that they do. Because a lot of good stuff going on around the world. Amen. Amen. Are you guys ready? So today is Pentecost. <laughs> No one doesn't get quite the rousing thing of like, it's Easter, and everybody goes, yay! You know, you go Pentecost, they go, with the what? So um, we're going to talk about that today because Pentecost is actually a very important. You know, you see all the things that God is doing around the world. Where that started was on this day called Pentecost, is where God kind of uh, launched his church and really started to stir things up and send them um, in very different places uh, to make Jesus known. And now, what we see, where he's around, you know, he's known around the world, is because of what began on that day. So, big deal, right? I'm glad you guys are here. It's a big deal to be here on this day. Hey, I want to pray uh, before we get started because I really do feel like today, God is looking. Um, Jesus is looking to do some important things in our lives today too. And so, I want to just pray and give Him kind of our space and give Him the space in our hearts and um, just give him this time and this place, okay? Join me if you would. Father, um, we wanna thank you. We wanna thank you for the blessings that are ours because of the gift that you have given us in Jesus Christ and the gift that you have given us in your Holy Spirit, who you have made available. You have, have um, Holy Spirit, you have taken up residence within us. You have made your home in us so that you could reveal the fullness of the glory of God, the fullness of the glory of your kingdom through us. That is the inheritance, that is the the possession of each and every person who has given their lives to Jesus Christ. And so, Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that you are able to rule and to, to reveal, to make yourself known through us because of your spirit who fills us. So we ask that you would give us um, just a, um, again, just an open door to see that you would peel back and and remove all that stuff that that maybe clutters and stands in the way. And, And we give you our attention. We give you our hearts. We give you this time, this space. Come and fill it. Make it yours and use it for your purposes This time is yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, uh, Pentecost, if you guys were to look back over the course of your life, could you identify a day, or maybe there's a set of days or several days scattered throughout, but those times that have really shaped you into who you are, right? Those events. Now, obviously, there's the day you were born, right? (laughs) That kind of shaped everything. But then as you go through your life, you have those other days that kind of punctuate your life, that you look back, those events, those experiences that make you who you are. They make you you. About a month and a half after Jesus had risen from the dead, okay, so time frame, about a month and a half, about a week and a half after he had gone back into heaven, he had ascended into heaven This this small band of his followers who had spent the last three and a half years with him, they were gathered together in this house in Jerusalem, and they didn't know it because usually when you go into a day that's going to change your life, you don't always know it, right? You just think, I'm just going into a normal day. We're just doing our stuff. We're doing the same thing we have always done, but you go into it, and then it just changes everything, and they didn't know it, but this was going to be one of those days, so uh, if you'd stand with me, we're going to read the account of the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 12. It says, on the day of Pentecost, Jesus' followers were gathered together and suddenly a sound like a mighty windstorm came from heaven and filled the house where they were sitting. There appeared what looked like flames of fire that distributed themselves and rested on each one of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in languages other than their own as the Spirit was giving them what to say. Now, during the same time at the Feast of Pentecost, there were also devout Jews from every nation staying in Jerusalem. And when they heard the noise of all the disciples speaking in all those languages, they gathered closer and they were bewildered because each one heard their own language being spoken. And in amazement, they asked, are not all these who are speaking from Galilee. How is it then that each of us hears them speaking in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, the districts of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans, Arabs, all hearing them in our own language, speaking of the mighty deeds of God. And they asked one another, what does this mean? Well, Peter, Jesus' disciple, he gets up and he tells them what this means. He tells them that, you know, it was in the Old Testament, the prophet Joel, and he told about the Holy Spirit that was going to be poured out on all flesh. He told about how Jesus had been crucified by them, but that how he had risen from the dead and how now he had ascended to heaven and was seated as lord. He told them about how they needed to turn back to God and turn back to Jesus as their lord, as their savior, as their messiah. And it ends up that 3000 of them did on that one day. 3000. Some of you guys, you know, we go to small churches and we think, you know, over the next 10 years we hope to grow a little bit. One day they became this massive movement. That's the story of Pentecost. Now, we know that Easter doesn't just end on the day that Easter ends, right? We celebrate Easter every day because what happened on Easter has an impact on our life and all of history after Easter. In the same way, Pentecost doesn't end when the day of Pentecost ends because God says that he is still pouring out his spirit on his people pouring out his spirit into all flesh so that we might do the works of God, so that we might know and make Jesus known. He's pouring it out to all of those who turn back to him, to all of those who turn back to him and who give themselves to Jesus as their Lord, as their new king. And he continues then to make every day a, cha- a day that changes everything, if you read from that point on in the book of Acts, you see that it didn't stop. it just kept coming and kept coming, kept pouring out. So the question for us is how do we, how do we enter that kind of life-changing life? How do we enter that life of living in the power of under the, the lordship of Christ and in the power of His? Holy Spirit, how do we do that? That's what we wanna talk about today. Today's message is called Amazing Things. Father, today we give you this time, this space, and our attention we wanna hear because you have great things. You have amazing things in store for us today because today is Pentecost. This is the day that changed Everything, just Jesus changed everything, but this changed everything, not just outside of us, but in us as well. Made everything new. So Lord, we give you this place and we give you our full attention. Speak to us through your word. Holy Spirit, come and speak. These people don't need to hear my words. They need to hear your words. And so Lord, I give you me as well that you might use me to speak your truth, to change our lives, that this might be a day that changes everything as well. We pray this for your glory, Father, because you deserve it. Your grace and your compassion, your pursuit of us, your faithfulness, you deserve our praise. We pray this in the name of Jesus because his is the name that's above every name. He is seated on the throne we pray this in the name of the Holy Spirit who is here even now. He is poured out, moving, transforming, empowering, changing everything. Amen, amen, amen. Have a seat. Okay, for, so for three and a half years, right? Three and a half years, these, this small group of men and women, they had been following this rabbi named Jesus, and they had been traipsing around that area that we would call Israel. Today, it's known as Israel. And they were doing this, it was during the time that we would call the first century after Christ, so in that first century. And each of them, if you would have asked them, is there a day that changed your life? They probably would have looked back at that first day that they said yes to Jesus, right? They would have looked back and they would have said, yeah, the day I decided to follow Jesus, that changed everything. But then they would tell you, but you know what happened was after that, then there were these other days, because every day he would teach on something, and it was amazing teaching that would just change everything, and he was doing these amazing miracles, and that just changed my view of everything, and he was showing this amazing authority that he had over demons and over, over, the, over nature, over storms, and they said, and that changed everything, but then at the end of that three and a half years, there was that day that he died. And they said, man, that, 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 that impacted me. That shaped me. Because they walk for three and a half years and then see this one that you thought was just gonna keep rising and all of a sudden he was dead. But then three days later, he rises from the dead. And they said, you know what, that changed everything. But then there were the days that he walked with them after his resurrection. For 40 days, he walked with them and he was teaching them about the kingdom that was to come. And they said, you know, that really shaped a lot too. But then it was the day that he got caught up into heaven and he ascended and he ascended with the promise that he was going to return again. And then he told them, he instructed them, he said, so go wait in Jerusalem. Now, if you had just spent three and a half years Watching the sick healed, watching the dead raised, watching, watching storms stilled, watching demons cast out, watching bread multiplied, watching lives just radically transformed. If you had just spent three and a half years and the one who had done all of this had also died, rose from the dead, and then ascended to heaven. And if he had told you, go wait in Jerusalem because something big's gonna happen, <laughs> right? You're going, something big? I thought that's what that was, right? Something big's gonna happen, what would you do? That's why the disciples are there. That's why they're waiting in Jerusalem for Jesus to find out what he was talking about. Well, in the meantime, you have these other people. Why are they there? You're going, what about all those other people that had gathered around, right? They were pressing in to find out what all this was about. where they come from? Well, it ends up that for many generations, God had been shaping his people for many generations, God had been, he had been taking, he started with this, this couple and I talked about them last week, I think it was, but it's this old couple that they're too old to even have kids. And he says, you know what? I'm going to make a nation out of you. I'm going to make it so that there's, there's more descendants than you can even count. They, they're too old to even have one child and yet God gives them that child and they've watched God build a nation from this promise. And in the midst of that, they've seen God and he's taken care of them, He has, he's protected them, he has, he has provided for them, he has walked them through, they saw God take them through an ocean if that's what it took, they saw God provide bread from heaven if that's what it took, they saw God be faithful to them even they, when they were not faithful to him. And so when that God said, you know what, there's three times that I want you to show up in Jerusalem and to celebrate together. there are three times that I want you to show up because these are important. There were those of them that said, seen all, and they said, when that God says that, they said, you know what, that's where I'm gonna be. That's why they were there, right? So you have these two groups of people that were there, and at Pentecost, you have the disciples, but you also have, I mean, think about this group that had gathered for this Feast of Pentecost. Passover was a big deal. Right, Passover, that's around Easter time. Passover was when God had brought him through the Red Sea, and that was kind of the big festival. But then Pentecost was 50 days later. And Pentecost was kind of that, that lost in the shadows festival at times. You read about hundreds of thousands of people f- celebrating Passover together, but it's not quite that big of a group that's hanging out at Pentecost. Because people realize that's a month and a half. I gotta hang out and just kind of wait for this thing to happen. They're coming from all over the world. So who are the people that are there they're actually the ones that they had, I mean, some of them had traveled thousands of miles and these are in the days when traveling thousands of miles mean you get on a sailing ship and you're spending a month or so in the ship just to get to the place. These are the people that are taking like ox cart level kind of you know, over roads that are kind of semi-existent and they're, they're making their way over land to get to this place. And then they're taking a month and a half that they got, have to live in Jerusalem, they have to set up shop. they gotta figure out a way to, to make life happen for a month and a half between Passover and Pentecost. And they're doing it because there was a God who said thousands of years ago, this is gonna be important, so you wanna to get together. These are like the most faithful that God had on the planet who are gathered in Jerusalem at this time. That's why this passage, says, That's why it says they were staying in Jerusalem, yeah, for a month and a half, hanging out, waiting for this to happen. That's why it says these were the devout, because their devotion was unequaled, was unparalleled, that they would even still be there. So here are these two groups. Some of them prepared for years. Some of them prepared for generations. And God's going to change their lives in a moment, because he's going to pour out his spirit. That's the story of Pentecost too. Have you ever thought about what it costs? About the preparation, the devotion, the the investment that is necessary to be used by God. And I don't mean that we earn it. I don't mean that we somehow come with all that we have and we say, God, here's what I got. Maybe you can use me. Because all of this is God's work. There's no question about that. We can't do anything of eternal significance in our own power. It has to be God's work. We saw that in Zechariah. Not by might, not by power, by my spirit. But after God opens the door, right after God extends the invitation, after God supplies you with all that you need in order to respond to him because he even gives us the means to respond to him. He gives us life, he gives us breath, he gives us a mind and a will so that we might respond to him. And after he does all that, do you, have you ever thought about what it takes, what it takes to actually be used by God? Because Pentecost is not a story of like a magic show, right? This isn't God just dumping out his spirit on a bunch of people who were unprepared and, and uninterested so that they could go and do um, fancy things in his name that would you know, get everybody excited. That's not what this is about. This is about a story about those who responded significantly to God's call. To God's instruction, they, for generations, for years, for days, they would just sit and wait. They would keep showing up at the right place at the right time, just waiting so that when God was ready to move, they were there to move with him. You know, today is funny, because I really do appreciate that all you guys are here. Because if you think about, you know, here's Pentecost, and it's kind of that uh, festival that got lost in the shadow of, of of um, Passover, right? And so there's not quite the crowd there. There's, everybody's like, why are you even there? You know? And um, you know, this is such a great weekend to be talking about this, right? Because this is like, you know, if you're, you're going through your schedule and you're going, you know, if there's ever a Sunday you could maybe ditch at a church, it'd be on a nice Memorial Day weekend, wouldn't it? <laughs> right? And so the numbers are always down. I mean, we think of them, and here they are. They're they're like over generations that keep showing up to Jerusalem, showing up to Jerusalem. There are times that we have trouble, right? Getting down the block for a service that's gonna last maybe an hour. We're We're not gonna camp out for a month and a half and make it happen, right? We're just show up for a... Can you imagine the commitment that these people are showing by showing up on Pentecost, and we have to ask ourselves, you know what, is that, is that where we're at? Because God's work is not a magic show for us either. He's not just going to pour his spirit out because we just happen to show up if we're those uninterested. His spirit is given to those who have said, you know what, I have turned back to him. And Jesus is my Lord. And I want to show up to the right places. I want to show up to those places where God might show up, so that when he does show up, I'll be there. I want to have a heart that's open and ready so that when God does show up, I'll be ready to to receive all that he has and move with him in power. Because when he moves, the world changes. You guys, that's the story of Pentecost, too. And the question it raises for us is, is that where we are? Is that where our commitment, are we aware of what it costs to be used by God? And are we willing to lay that down, to make that investment, to give him that kind of attention? You know, it's interesting um, in this story of Pentecost, some of the things that we pay attention to. Because we pay so much attention sometimes to the details, but sometimes we miss what the details are really talking about, even though we're paying all this attention to. it. For example, there's this, um, you know, on Pentecost, one of the things that gets paid attention to a lot is that people started speaking in other languages. In fact, there are whole denominations that are based on this belief that if if you don't speak in tongues, which is what they would call that, if you don't speak in tongues, you, you don't even have the Holy Spirit. In fact, you may not even be saved because you haven't given evidence that the Holy Spirit is in you, but that's not, that is not the point of this story. The point of this story, you have to go back to the first, the first book of the Bible in Genesis in chapter 11, and there you find this group of people that are out, and they all speak the same language in the story, and they're all sitting there, and they say, you know what? We need to build a tower. And somehow this tower, what it represents is they're trying to get access to heaven, and they're trying to gain control over heaven so that they can use it for their, for their lives, for their purposes. And so God looks down and he says, you know, that's a horrible plan. And the consequences for him is gonna be, are gonna be terrible. So he, he stops the plan. He disrupts the project by confusing the languages so that they don't understand each other anymore. Well, then you look over this, this um you know, over human history, and you find that that disruption of language that that then you find these like these really the demonic principalities and the powers that are at work, they take advantage of this division and you look over human history and you find that they start leveraging this division and they start using it to isolate and to deceive and to dis so in distrust between language groups and between people groups, and they leverage it for war and for destruction and for um, just all kinds of chaos where God had intended for protection so he could hold people off so they didn't do something devastating before he could bring in his salvation. You guys, the story of Pentecost, part of the message is that God was declaring on the day of Pentecost through this, through language, you're saying, you know what? I'm restoring something here. Where you sought to grab hold of heaven and control it, this is where heaven is being poured out on you so that you have access to it, but that you're not trying to control something in a way that's going to destroy you. Rather, you are falling under the lordship of Jesus in a way that's gonna bring life and peace because that was his plan. So then in Ephesians, we find it says that That through his people, through this this people that, think about it, these people that were gathered from every nation, every tribe, every language, every culture, every pocket of people everywhere. This this new people that are gathered under the lordship of Jesus, it says in Ephesians 2.7, he did this in, in order that in ages to come he might show his surpassing riches, the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness to us in Jesus Christ. But then in Ephesians 3.10, says this. It says that he did this also so that he might show those same authorities, those, those spiritual principalities and powers, he might show them. And in 3.10, it says, so that the manifold wisdom of God might be made known through the church, even to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. He put them on notice that their time was ending because he was taking this division and he was healing the brokenness that had come all the way back to the beginnings of human history and he was healing it through his people, through this new humanity he was raising up in Christ. That's the story of Pentecost. So I asked you at the beginning, I said, you know, If you look back over your life and you you say, what are those days? Do you see those days that have shaped you? Do you see those days that have really set the course of your life? I want you to think about that because Jesus is here today because today is meant to be one of those days as well. When we walk with Jesus, it's not just like we have one day and then we just kind of hang out. Until he comes back, and then we get to go to heaven. Where we, he says, "No, I mean that's." Read the book of Acts. That day changes everything, and it keeps changing and keeps changing and keeps changing. And this day is one of those days, because today, today we're in the presence of Jesus. We're in the presence of Jesus who sits on His throne as the king of kings, as the one who has the name above every name, as the one who is Lord over all, as the one who is bringing in his new creation. We're in his presence. Today we are here, we're here, where this place where all of the the significance and all of the power of, of Easter, all of the significance and power of that day of Pentecost, all of the power and significance of even of the Old Testament, the Passover, and the parting of the sea, and the rescue from Egypt, and the provision of man in the wilderness, and the entering the new, the new covenant, and entering the new land, and all of that is coming to focus on this day, where God is bringing all these things together and making all these things new, because he says, I want you to know that you too have been prepared for generations, You too have been prepared for generations. Some of you have been walking with Jesus for generations through your family. Some of you have been walking with Jesus for for years or for days, but he says, you too have been prepared for this day because this is the day of Pentecost. We live in the day of Pentecost where everything changes in a moment. So I want you to think about today because I believe that if you're here today, you keep showing up. You keep showing up to those places where Jesus, in case he shows up, and if he shows up, you have wanted you wanna be there for it. Well, he's here. He's saying today he may be calling you. I think there's, there's three things, three things that, three different groups of people that he may be calling today. So I want you guys, if you would, if you'd close your eyes, and I want you to just set yourself before his throne Could it be that today he is calling you to make even that basic step into faith and into salvation? Could it be that today, for you, he is calling you to step out of that broken world, out of that world that is divided by by tribe and language, by national borders, by, by what we know, by academics, by economics, so divided and so leveraged against each other could it be that today he is calling you to step out of that and into the kingdom of his son because if he's calling you today is that day and that changes everything so today if that is you and you stand before the throne of Jesus in his presence and you Hear that call as he's calling you out of this world and into his kingdom. To respond to that is as easy. Just as Peter said on the day of Pentecost, he said, just repent, turn back to God. Turn back to God. Give yourself to him, to Jesus, that he might be your Lord. So that he might also be your savior. It's simply turning to God and he has extended his hand of invitation. He has equipped you to make this decision. It is to respond to him and say, yes, God, yes. Today is the day of salvation. I call upon your name and no other. There might be some of you that are here that you feel like God is calling you, but he's calling you more into like this season of preparation. You know, it's interesting as you read the story of of Pentecost because the difference between chapter one and chapter two, that that pivot around that day is is amazing. Peter, he gets up in chapter one and he preaches his first sermon, right? And what he's preaching about is he's preaching about all the logistics of this group that's gathered. And they're up there and he says, you know, we're supposed to have 12 disciples, but we only have 11 because Judas, you know, and he went off and, and so he's saying, you know, his first sermon is all about, we gotta have a 12th disciple. And so at the end of that service, they all vote and, you know, cast lots or whatever, and they end up with a 12th disciple. Everybody's so happy and they go home. And then Pentecost happens, and he preaches his second sermon. He gets up in front of this group of people and he preaches about the, the resurrection of Jesus and his lordship. And they don't just add one person who was already among them and shift them to a different place instead. They they had 3,000 who weren't even there yet. That's the difference Pentecost makes. And then you look at the difference in the community because in the community it says that before Pentecost they were all gathered Then they were all gathered waiting and in prayer. Well, Then Pentecost happens and it says... Now they're gathered, but they're gathered in teaching and training and and sharing and fellowship and mission and worship and miracles and prayer. Because Pentecost changed everything. And there were some people that were coming in and they were on mission, but there were some people that were brought in and now they had to go into a time of preparation. And they said, I need to get ready because God's, God's... God's wanting to shape me for the thing that he wants to do. So they put themselves under the apostles' teaching and they, they learned a fellowship and they broke bread together. They learned the things that, that Jesus' followers have been following for three and a half years learning. So it may be that God is calling you into a season of training, a season of, of preparation for the work that he wants to do in you. Maybe that you look at your life and you say, you know what, I haven't given the time or the focus to God and just what he's speaking to me, what he's speaking through his word. I don't know his word very well. I don't know his ways very well. I don't know his works very well. Saying you need to go into a time of, a season of preparation. If you are sitting before Jesus and you feel like, man, that is me. Again, it's just Jesus is extending the invitation. Saying, will you let me train you? And if you say yes, I can guarantee he may bring people alongside of you who will help you. He may bring, his spirit may just fill you and you might see the word of God just comes alive like you've never seen it before. It may be that as you go to pray, all of a sudden you're in his presence every time like you've never seen before. If you say yes as God offers and he invites you into a time of a season of preparation, he will prepare you and it'll change everything. So if you are being called into that, I just, I encourage you right now as you stand before Jesus, it's as easy as just saying yes. Come Holy Spirit, fill my mind, fill my heart so that I might be trained in the ways, the works, the words of Jesus and prepared for that work that he has to do through you. There's another group of you that are here today and and you, maybe you already have, you already have responded to Jesus' invitation into his kingdom. He's already your Lord. Maybe he has taken you through that time of preparation, much like these groups that were there in Jerusalem in that day, Because you've been waiting for days, you've been waiting for years, you've been waiting for generations for his power, for his call to say it is time. You guys, I want you to know today it is time. It is time for some of you who have been preparing to rise up in the power of the Holy Spirit and to walk in his ways, to walk in his works, to walk in his words. Your mind has been framed by his word. Your heart has been trained by his spirit. And he wants to breathe in you this morning the power of his presence. And again, as you sit, Before Jesus, and He is calling you into this. It is a matter of letting go of all the hesitations, all of the fears. You showed up today. You showed up today because you knew that today might be that day. You showed up today because you knew that if we keep showing up what Jesus says He's going to be, that there's going to be one day that he's gonna show up in a way that just calls us alongside in a way we didn't expect. He's saying today is that day. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray that you would release your spirit on your people as they have given themselves to you. Those who have called out to you for salvation, that they would know the fullness of of new life in Jesus. Those who have called out to you and said, God, I am ready to be trained and shaped and prepared that, Father, you would pour out in them the fullness of your spirit, that your word would come alive, that your presence would be with them at all times, that, Father, prayer to them would just be a fire within them. And, Father, that now as your your people who have so faithfully walked with you as they cry out to you and say, Father, I need your spirit. I want to walk with you in power. I pray that your spirit would come as on that day of Pentecost, that you would fill them with power, with insight, with revelation, with eyes that see, with hands that are strong, with arms that are ready, with feet that go and share the good news. God, that you would cover them, fill them, overflow from them so as they speak the words you give to them, those around them might say, I don't know how, but I'm hearing (laughs) the mighty things of God being spoken about in a language that I understand. What does this mean? And they would have the words to show many, tell many, bring many into the presence of Jesus in power. Father, It's not by might, it's not by works, it's by your spirit. And this is the day of Pentecost. Pour yourself out. Pour out your spirit in this place.